Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Bavarian Motor Experts. Aloha. I'm Dutch Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Healthcare is confusing when it comes from picking a doctor, seeing a specialist, dealing with health insurance, medications, forms, bills, you name it. It is certainly not an easy way to navigate the system. And today we're going to talk with some folks who are some frequent guests here on HPR who have helped to establish a program that really creates the idea of patient advocacy at the forefront of making sure that we all know what's going on with our medical condition and we know how to navigate this healthcare arena because it's quite a confusing area to find your way around. We have Tammy Rockholt on the line and Dr. Justin Grude, and they are both formed the Patient Advocacy Alliance, which is a group that really has as its mission to help people to get the best experience in healthcare that they can and have hopefully the least stress trying to figure out how to make that happen. I want to thank both of you for being on the line with me today. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Kathy. We are really excited about it. Yeah, it's good to be back, Kathy. Thank you. Well, now, one of the key missions about patient advocacy, which I applaud both of you for making this a real good target that you want to put your attention, is that there's a lot of things that come up that, you know, doctors may not even realize or or we might not be able to counsel patients about how to deal with a particular area or how to get something done. What are the common things, Tammy, you deal with patients all the time, and as a really strong advocate, what are common things that you see that are confusing that sometimes require a bit more explanation than people may get in their average medical encounter? I think what I see that is creates a lot of stress with patients is right now is uh, medical bills that are sometimes they do not understand. They're trying to figure it out. Why did the insurance company pay this or why was this denied? And I think what we try to do is just really help them understand. And I just try to tell people, we try to take the mystery out of medical billing. And it is totally, uh, I'm an expert in this. And I sometimes am like, I don't know what's going on. I mean, we just had an elderly lady here on Big Island that her husband had a bad accident and the auto carrier was saying that it was related to a stroke, and so they weren't going to pay any of his medical bills. And all we did is I called the auto carrier and said, I think we have a problem here because a doctor does not know if the stroke caused the car accident or vice versa. You need to be paying this person's bills, and they um, got paid the next day. So I think it's just helping patients understand that, yes, just because they get a denial or something, they can push back. It's always okay. Well, and I think one of the big things that comes up is a denial might be something that upon first review, there might not be enough information. And sometimes providers might have that information or patients might have that information, but it hasn't really been translated to the other recipient. So as you mentioned, just because you got a letter, that doesn't have to be 
the final end of the story. How do most people go about appealing things or figuring out if they do get a denial letter, who do they call? Is it usually on that letter some sort of information that might tell them what to do next? There's usually something on there. And what I will always recommend that someone do is that I'll kind of talk them through the process of how to do the appeal. And I say, keep a chronology and write down every time you talk to someone and after you've talked to that person, get their fax number or email and send a quick uh, confirmation that we have discussed this and you are going to check into this or whatever was discussed so that you are not being sent inadvertently to collections, which can impact your credit rating and cause your struggles to even go up higher. So it's, I call it CYA, CYA, cover your R's. <laughs> and Dr. Grude, in your experience as a provider, you often see that from your perspective, you're doing everything you can to help a patient, but then there's all these back-end operations that may not come directly from you, even though your name might come on various bills or, or various other papers. How do you deal with that in your office practice? Right. The, the, the practice of medicine is, uh, is always um, frustrating from the perspective of, you know, what's going to be covered, what's not going to be covered. And, you know, we're the, 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 you know, I think the field of medicine has been sort of um, overtaken in a sense by, by the insurance industry who becomes sort of like the decider of what access to healthcare your patients have. Um, it's great that people have coverage and you want everybody to be covered, um, you know, which, which we shouldn't take for granted. That's a big deal. Um, but uh, but as a provider, it's very frustrating to to know that somebody needs something. It may be expensive. The insurance doesn't want to cover it, um, and you know then you have to um, jump through a lot of hoops and you know spend a lot of extra time that is not compensated time to um, to help people get the care that they need. And so you know part of the patient advocacy experience, you know, from a provider's perspective, is. Um, helping to empower people to be able to, uh, you know, to push back against um, a system that is, you know, not really treating you, you know, they're treating you sort of like a corporate number. Like, well, we have these, these targets, we have to kind of, you know, follow these, these algorithms and you, this is how you fit in. But, you know, if you, if there's, if there's a type of care that you need, a type of medication that you need, um, not only is it okay to push back, but it's actually, it's your right, and, and you should. You should, you know, fight for what uh, you deserve and, and for what is actually going to be the best for you. Doctors can, and, and, and you know, the health, the, the provider's office can facilitate that, but ultimately people um, should be empowered to be able to do this for themselves, and when they do, it can be very effective if done, if done properly. Well, in the unique combination that I've had an opportunity and, and really have appreciated being given the ability to look into the window of health insurance is that from that perspective, one of the other activities that I do is I work with the health insurer and I find some of the most passionate advocates for patients in that insurance company. And so often we see situations where there's just like you mentioned, Tammy, a little bit of information. We can't necessarily make a causality between stroke and accident or accident and stroke. So in that case, that particular uh, patient's bills had to be covered by worker by motor vehicle accident insurance, if that's the case, because of that question mark. 
so often I see that there's just a little disconnect between what is expected that's going to happen and what's documented and what people receive and records. And the nice part about the job that I do in my medical office is that I get to see patients and I get to help explain a little bit about what's going on to them. But then in my insurance office, I also get to sort of advocate for patients and make sure that we're following some of those rules carefully. And we also get the information we need before we make final decisions. So it's been this unique opportunity to sort of have a foot in both worlds. And it's something I would advocate for anybody who really has some thoughts or questions, just like both of you have decided to learn more about the topic we all have to work together. It's a combination of figuring out what works best so that patients get the optimal care that they need. And that's certainly something that everybody wants to have happen, not just as a provider, but also as a, as a patient. Now, what established the Patient Advocacy Alliance? Tammy, this is something you've been doing for about how long now? I've been doing it probably uh, just personally for friends and family and then people that are referred to me probably for 25 years. And it was, was a very, but I also have a professional practice where I do expert witness where I'm looking at medical bills when I'm working with auto carriers or work comp carriers. And I had a deposition and it was interesting because Justin actually, Dr. Grude actually read one of my depositions and he saw that in the deposition I had discussed my patient advocate work and he goes I really like that so let's how can we do something and so that's how it was actually created or the whole thought was actually born and it's really been it's really been fun because I feel very strongly about it as does he as well as do our two other co-founders. Well, and that's just amazing information to sort of talk about how this all came about, because it's certainly something that I'm a huge advocate for, is people getting the power that they need to do what they can. We're going to go to a quick pledge break now so that we can continue to provide excellent programming right here on HPR. Thank you so much, Kathy. And you are tuned to Member Support. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Chaminade University and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today I've got some great folks on the line, some returning guests, Tammy Rockholt and Dr. Justin Grude, who have established the Patient Advocacy Alliance. And right before the break, we were talking about what is the need for patient advocacy and how sometimes it's a little bit of extra information that goes a long way and takes everybody to the same goal of trying to provide the best healthcare experience, if possible, for everyone. Now, Tammy, we've talked before about a really important aspect of healthcare, which is medication, knowing what you're on and how do you keep track of that. You've had some interesting experiences with some folks who have really benefited from a service that you provide that deals with keeping a medication card. How did that come about and what does that entail? Well, first of all, the medication card came about because my husband is on several medications, and I am a nurse, I'm a case manager, I'm a medical bill expert. You would think I would know the medications he's on, the dosage, and how frequently. And I was like, wait a second, what's going on? And I could not recite them. And so it was like, we need to have something that's small, compact, 
and I've worked trauma. So as a trauma nurse, I know that if someone comes into the ER, the first place you go is to a person's wallet to get their ID, their insurance card, and the medication card will be right behind that. And what has been phenomenal is just in the last two months, we have had two cases where doctors have said that the medication card saved their lives. Wow. Uh, one of them one of them was actually a gentleman here on the Big Island that had hit his head and he was uh, went up he was dragging his leg, he was slurring his speech, went up to North Hawaii, he was taken up there by a neighbor. Uh, they did an MRI, they found out he had a huge hematoma on his brain. They life-lighted him over to Queens for an emergency evacuation to take the blood out. And they noticed that he was on a medication that's called Eliquis. Eliquis is a blood thinner, which there is a great blood thinner, but there is no antidote for it. And because of them seeing that, they delayed his emergency surgery three days. Otherwise, the neurosurgeon said he would have bled out on the table. So that was one. I mean, it was phenomenal. Well, and that's a medicine a lot of people don't think about. You know, there's different blood thinners. It used to be that you were on warfarin or coumadin or you weren't, and that was the only thing to worry about. But now there's Eliquis and Pradaxa and, you know, other types of things that affect blood clotting like Plavix. And then there's generics of all of these medications, and, and it can be a confusing mix. So this individual that came over to Oahu, actually, had he had any type of procedure done without people knowing that medication, that would have seriously impacted everything. So that little it, knowledge of that one medication changed the whole plan. And then the, another one was where my husband actually was admitted to North Hawaii Community Hospital in Waimea because he had a small bowel obstruction and his blood pressure was just off the wall. And he could not talk. I could not go in with him because of COVID-19. At that time, they were allowing no visitors. He pulled out his medication card, and the doctor saw that he was on two medications for his hypertension, realized that he needed to have some medication for the hypertension, that it was not just the pain. Otherwise, the ER doctor said he could have stroked out at that time. Well, and that brings up a whole other issue, Dr. Groot. I'm sure you know electronic medical records are great, but there are limitations. What are some of the things that you see in our current use of medical records that it doesn't necessarily allow for the full picture to be translated each and every time? That's exactly true. I mean, <clears throat> we, we're, we're all using different systems, at, you know, in our privatized, you know, health care landscape. So, you know, it, there's, we're, we're, we're not relying on doctors and pharmacists to get it right. We have to rely on ourselves as patients to get it right. You know, individual people um, need to be able to communicate to their providers what they're taking because the providers don't necessarily have access um, w without direct communication from the patient. So it's very, um, very, very important and critical uh, that People, when they're going into an emergency room in particular, because that's where, you know, the stakes are the highest, but really into any healthcare setting, into, you know, in, in, into any uh, doctor's office, um, we need to be able to communicate what we're taking. And also, by the way, people get their, their medications filled at different pharmacies, and pharmacists routinely will run interaction checks between the different medications to make sure that it's safe for people to be on that combination of different drugs that they're taking. 
And if the pharmacist is only filling, you know, two of your four medications, they don't necessarily run that profile. And, and, and the same thing with the other pharmacy. They're, they're filling the other two. So they may not have the full picture. So it's important to be able to communicate with your pharmacist just like you would as in, with any other provider. Well, and you brought up a really good point because in this current time of COVID, when people go to the emergency room, they often can't have family members go with them depending on what's happening. Some medical facilities can't have anybody else in the emergency room because that would potentially expose them or also have social distancing issues. So if you go into the hospital and you don't know your medication and you don't have any information that lists all that accurately, it's very difficult to figure that out. And you're absolutely right. If you leave the hospital, that's another circumstance where it becomes critically important because now you've got your home medicine that you took before you went in the hospital. Now you've got your medicine after you left the hospital. You might have different pharmacies now, if even if you previously used the same one. And now you've got a whole other situation where some of the medicines in the hospital might be duplicates but slightly different of what you took at home. I've seen people who wind up taking both of them without even knowing it. That happens all the time, and that's why we feel so passionate about everyone having a medication card for not only themselves but also their spouse that we are offering a two-for-one special so that if you want to order a card, the second one, the second set will be free. And what you were saying earlier about medications changing is very frequent. And so there are no charge for updates for the first for a, on a yearly basis because medications do change very frequently. Right. So basically, what Patient Advocate Alliance will do is it's set up to if you if you place an order, it's set up to send actually ten medication cards with the exact same information on it. So yourself, your, your loved ones, your healthcare providers will all be able to get a card that has that information on it, which includes medication allergies and, you know, health supplements as well, because that can sometimes be important. And um, the, um, the, the health cards, you know, the Johns Hopkins just came out with some data, like I think actually in September, like very, very recently, maybe even the beginning of October, um, where they actually pretty much doubled the number of cases of, um, of mortality, of death, basically, related to medication, complications related to medications, not necessarily errors, but complications. So in totality, there's over 400,000 people in the United States alone uh, that are dying uh, due to um, problems related to medications. And, of course, there's millions more of people who are injured by their medications in some way but survive, thankfully. Um, so... I think we, you know, we all have, you know, we've all known somebody, if not experienced ourselves, uh, the fallout of medications. I mean, they're, 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 they save lives, but they can also take lives. And we need to, we need to uh, care for our, you know, our health by, um, by protecting ourselves. And I think the, the best way to do that with regard to medications is actually carrying all your medications with you in a, on a card in your wallet, um, with the dosages and with your medication allergies. 
It's kind of ironic. We used to make such a big deal about this when you travel. And these days, you may not be traveling or going anywhere. But I do want to let folks know, don't feel bad if you don't know what your spouse or loved one is on. Because as we were talking earlier, right before the show, I admitted to both of you that my husband's on medicine. I know the general idea of why and the general class of what medications. But I don't know the names or doses. And all of a sudden, I felt, wow, this is really important. And I don't even know it. I'm a physician. And I don't know what medicines and the exact dose my husband's on. So if nothing else, this show has helped me to realize I've got to go home and I've got to make sure that I get that information and get it set. I want to thank both of you, Tammy Rockholt and Dr. Justin Grude from Patient Advocacy Alliance. And we will talk again and have you on. But now we're going to go to Pledge Central and really find ways to help support our station so we can stay on to help all of you even longer. Of course, the body show today was made possible.